What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. Welcome, welcome to another episode. Joining us today are Kurt Gagarin and Julian Bryant, two business owners who met each other in prison. These two men are helping others who have come from adversity to find their voice and grow their businesses. From convicted felons to having true conviction in their mission to serve others, Kurt and Julian are paving their own way. With what started as a pie-in-the-sky dream conversation when they first met to partnering up with influential entrepreneurs and becoming behind-the-scenes operators, that set the foundation for multiple multi-million dollar coaching businesses And these two scrappy entrepreneurs have turned their pain into purpose and will stop at nothing to bring their vision to life and to help others do the same. Kurt and Julian, welcome to the show. Brandon, thank you for having us. Yeah, great to be here, brother. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, my pleasure. So I would love to hear a little bit more about how you guys originally met and what that looked like. Oh, well, it wasn't a pretty picture, I'll tell you that. And that's where we want to start. That's cool with me. Let's dive right in, man. Um, you know, unfortunately, I was on a journey that was, uh, you know, it was first inspired with doing good things, but I went down the wrong route, you know, in life and uh, ended up in prison, federal prison, then uh, got myself a one-way ticket to state prison. And walking into um, our cell block area, uh, you know, you never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to run into. Um, chances are there are a bunch of people that are, you know, still running and gunning down that that wrong path but I saw Julian over there in the corner I watched him daily he was studying he was reading he was staying out of the riffraff so naturally over time that was those are my people I want to grow I want to be around types of people like that um and that's where we first had our first conversation and met uh in in a state prison wow and, and Julian I'm curious to hear from you you know a lot of people can be doing a lot of different things when they're in prison but you're reading and you're educating yourself and you're into personal development where did that come from and why were you showing up like that when you were in prison? Yeah, so it actually started, um, you know, before I even got into jail. Uh, I was going to college and I ended up getting addicted to Oxycontin from having a, a simple wisdom tooth extraction that led to just this addiction of, of painkillers uh, that led me down a path, long story short, to uh, ending up doing some things against my character. Uh, that led me into into prison. And um, I always had that studious kind of, uh, you know, background. So I've always been just a a lover of wisdom and always trying to improve myself in different ways. But I just got away from that. I drifted away from that during my, you know, time with the drugs and and everything that happened in that way. So when I, it actually, I I would say in my first year of, um, of being incarcerated, I saw this guy, he, he was studying, he was doing college courses. I was like, Hey, how did you get the college courses in here? Like, I didn't know you could do college. So it just dawned on me. Like I have all this time on my hands. 
why not just make the most of it and and actually get my college sent in? So I, I was able to, to finish out my AA when I was in there. And I just carried that all the way through. It kept me out of the mess. Um, and then when I actually ended up going to prison from jail to prison, that's where Kurt and I connected. And uh, I was still doing the same thing. And that's how it really, um, you know, got on that same page. And he saw that I was, I was really focused. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, one of the things that I've noticed in my life is the most challenging and tough situations have actually brought about some of the greatest growth and learning and transformation. So I'm curious, start with Kurt, what do you guys feel like was the best thing that you either learned or came out of your experience of going through what you went through? Well, I believe I 100% agree with you. Um, It's not a good feeling when you're going through pain and struggles and adversities or facing challenges, but we do know. Uh, the light at the end of that tunnel brings uh, growth. It develops you into the character that you need to be to really fulfill your passions in life. Um, so that was, you know, I was so fortunate to have that optimistic, hopeful personality where I knew that, hey, the reason why I'm here is not, you know, it is because I was making poor choices, but it was something more divine that said, hey, brother, check it out. I need you to sit down for a little bit um, and get a grasp on what you really want to do in this life. So I, I honestly felt it was a blessing the entire time. You know, we probably could have, I would have liked to encourage people not to go that route to get that to that place of, of, of a clear vision and um, developing skills and a, and a driven mentality. But um, yeah, I mean, everything that's tough in life, um, challenges you face, obstacles you have to overcome is what truly builds your character. Um, and we need that in this day and age, especially with all the noise going out. You need to be able to know who you are, be very clear on your vision so that people can actually follow you and trust what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's good, man. And did you feel like, uh, I mean, the movies and what people say about prison, like, were the people like kind of like you guys and like, you know, okay, I made a mistake <laughs> and they're in there like reading and trying to better themselves? Or was it like, were you guys the odd ones? That's a good question. And it all depends on the level of custody you are. Um, you know, if you're uh, at a lower level, you know, you're getting out in a few years, you're going to get a lot of people that are actually wanting to go home, you know, but if you're, you know, with the big, the big timers that are spending their lives there. Uh, it's a different, it's a different atmosphere. Um, and, and it's hard to say because the prison movies are so, so different. Some are California, some are different places in the country, some right. are federal, but for the most part, um, no, there's a select few individuals that truly want to take that time and grow. Um, and that's who we kind of navigated towards. Got it. And so, yeah, how, walk us through the process from when you guys met, to now not only being successful entrepreneurs, but you've also worked with quite a few high profile and interesting people. So how did it go from, oh, there's Julian over there, he's reading, he looks smart and legit, and I wanna get to know him, to now you guys are out, you're thriving, successful, like bridge that gap. Yeah, I would love to start real quick, just because (laughs) in that atmosphere, there's a lot of hopeful heroes in there that, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna, rescue cats out of trees when I come home. I'm gonna do everything, right? So you hear a lot of talk, you know what I mean? So it's very important you see what their conduct is. Is it in line with what they're saying? Are they telling me you wanna grow? Um, and then they're in there doing the riffraff. So um, that was the thing. We just started connecting. We just, we, we actually did Bible studies in the morning. We, we uh, walked the laps together on the track. We, we talked business, we talked goals, we talked dreams. Um, and over time, I mean, we were there for years. So it's not like we just, you know, jump on a Zoom every other week and have a 30-minute call. I mean, we sit there for hours upon hours upon days, upon weeks, upon months, 
Um, so it was very clear that we were, you know, we were really driven to greater things. Um, and I will never forget, Julian was getting out and he said, hey, I'm going to move to San Diego one day because he was from Sacramento. I was from San Diego. And he said, uh, I'm going to move to San Diego one day and start a business. And usually I would just be like, sounds good, brother. See you talk, talk soon, man. Good luck. You know what I mean? But I knew, you know, what he said he meant. Um, didn't know what that was going to look like. And it didn't happen the first day. But uh, over time, uh, we, we uh, stayed connected. Um, and, then, and then, of course, our, we knew what our past wanted to be. We wanted to serve others, help other people. Um, and then they just started aligning, getting more and more closer to each other until we fully went, stopped on everything else and went full blown together. Wow. So Julian, what, where did that idea come from? San Diego business owner, you know, really hopeful, positive thinking, which obviously worked out, but like, where did that seed come from? Um, I would say I've always dreamt of being a, a business owner. Like I didn't have the, the true big vision, but I just knew I wanted to be my own boss and carry that through however I could. So that carried with, carried with me throughout my entire life. And in prison, um, I actually got married in jail to my wife of now eight, uh, eight years. And we have a baby on the way I actually do uh, next month or probably the end of next month. Wow. And, um, you know, that's what really kept me grounded. And in prison, I had a, a terrible time. I mean, everybody has a terrible time, but I had an extremely difficult time for multiple reasons. Um, one, I'm I'm uh, I'm black and white, and that always causes a lot of issues in the California prison system. I ran with the blacks, uh, even though I don't look like it, uh, which caused a lot of its own issues. And I got really, really sick um, and was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. So just going through a lot of a lot of pain. I lost 50 pounds. I was um, in the infirmary for four months at a time, which is like the medical unit. Um, so. I had a lot of moments that kept me grounded. And by the end of my term, I said, you know what? I don't have the perfect answer for this vision and seeing it all the way through with every single step. But I know that whatever I choose, whatever it is, I'm going to be the greatest at it. And I'm going to be so good that I'm undeniable. So it doesn't matter what my background is. It doesn't matter you know, what those things are that I'm going through, I'm going to embrace this change. I'm going to embrace the fact that this journey is not going to be easy, but I don't want it to be easy because the difficulties is what's going to create the character and create me of who I need to become to create the success for my life as a byproduct of me following through in that vision. So just kind of carrying that attitude into the freedom life once again, um, that's what carried it, for, it forward. And the first thing that I got was a construction job and I was still doing my classes. I was helping my wife start her business and we partnered up on that. And that was my, my first kind of, uh, experience of getting my hands dirty with, with a real business. And I was like, man, I was excited. I was like, yes, like I actually have something I'm seeing it through. But then I realized that starting a business with your spouse is, is a whole nother complexity that, that you don't really want to get into. So I was like, I, I need to, I need to really uh, figure out this thing for myself. And I saw an ad um, on Facebook actually by Ty Lopez. And that's what really planted the seed. I know this is probably a common story for a lot of digital marketers as they yeah. see a freaking ad by Ty Lopez. Cause everybody's seen that ad with him in the, in the garage. What, what's up uh, guys here in my garage with my Lamborghini. Exactly. Exactly. And I saw that ad and it sparked the fact that wow, there's really people that are making one to $10,000 by helping 
business owners or other experts, um, you know, uh, do this digital marketing, social media stuff online. I need to figure out what this is and how I can be a part of that. And, um, you know, I just kept digging for these answers and going down these rabbit holes. And that's when Kurt and I reconnected and it was just kind of perfect timing. We just continued to build on top of this momentum, um, that we're, you know, we already created. Yeah, that's good, man. So, uh, quick question for you, Kirk, just similar to what Julian was sharing. What do you feel like were the, the what was the, or what were the most challenging aspects for you when you were in prison of adversity that you faced? Myself, I would say that's been the biggest problem of my life forever is um, uh, a lot of it has to come down to ego, thinking that I have the answers, that I'm in control of my, my, my outcome and destiny and things like that. And we are to a certain extent, but when you're going down a, a path that's not really working in the eyes of our country and, and uh, our laws and stuff like that, um, I was out of answers. And when I'm out of answers and I'm only leaning on myself to get through things, I, I was just stuck. So I would say the biggest thing was, was myself, the limitations I had, um, the, the, the self-talk that I've developed, which was not the most positive stuff. Um, and again, that, that pride and ego that said, I can get through anything. I don't need any help. Mm. Yeah. That, that like happened with me when I had my breakdown of a breakup, getting fired and tossed out of a place all in the same week. I was like, I was like idolizing myself. Like I can do this all on my own. I'm good. I'm perfect. Maybe even I'm God on some level. And then that <laughs> cracked me open to this humility of like, no, I'm willing to yeah. get help. So that's, that's cool. And then yeah, um, let me, I want to share something about that too. And why it was so impactful for me was because as a young kid, I went down a path uh, that was very lucrative and was illegal in this country and now is not so you know unfortunate uh, i was a little ahead of my time um but i was able to create um a, i would say a pretty big nest egg or at least some wealth as an early you know 20 year old 21 year old um bringing in a couple million dollars and then boom i'm stripped of everything mm -hmm. so this tough guy thinks he has all the answers can buy his way out of everything you know, money's coming in like, hey, we're good. Life is good. Like no one tells me, unless you're doing more than me, I don't want to hear it. And that was a big uh, problem that I had. So it was, you know, having to go sit down and go sit in a, a room for years was probably the biggest blessing you can ever have because it actually made me understand that I don't have the, all the answers. I'm not the coolest guy in the world. I'm not the smartest person. So that was a big thing and that was a shock, but it was needed. So I'm uh, grateful for that story, but it wasn't fun going through it. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, that resonates with me. Like when I, my business first exploded and I'm like, oh yeah, I'm the man, I got it all figured out. And then you miss your blind spots. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So, you know, one concept that I think is really well said by you, Julian, of who do I need to become in order to be successful? Like I, so many entrepreneurs, I see they're like, okay, I just need to get the right leads or I need to get the right offer. I need to get the right this or that, but it's really like looking in the mirror. So for you guys, how did you need to develop as humans, as yourself, mindset, character, strength, whatever, to as you've gone on this journey of being entrepreneurs and business owners? You know, I, I just, there was a lot of development, first and foremost. I think um, I grossly underestimated how difficult it was actually going to be. Um, but again, going back to that promise that I made to myself, 
you know, weeks before I got out, I said, no matter what, I know this is going to be hard, but we're going to make it work. We're going to see this vision through. Um, you know, I kept that dear to my heart and there's been a lot of ups and downs, but I kept pivoting and being in, being willing to adapt and grow and fail. And then it got to, to this point where, um, and I think there was a few uh, gurus or, or course, you know, mentors that I've, that I've invested into that, Kind of open this up, this concept up to me that fail, failing fast and failing is a good thing. That really helped me realize that, you know, this is actually a natural process of entrepreneurship. So this is one more thing that I need to embrace. So kind of falling in love with the process of failing and being able to learn from those failures and not take it as a shot to my ego and necessarily just a shot of, of, of actual true failure because I'm actually learning from it. Um, I think that that's, that's probably the biggest character um, trait that I gained from, from this whole entrepreneurial journey so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I would say too, Julian, that you said you grossly underestimated what was fully entails at running and growing a successful business. I think that was a good thing because a lot of times people get defeated when they see the totality of what they need to take on. And so they don't take that action where they really need to. So I was kind of grateful for that too, because we started just rolling and going and growing and adapting and falling and getting back up. Um, there's so many aspects to building uh, a, a large business as opposed to just getting off the ground. But I think that was the biggest thing is uh, uh, I think just taking action was the biggest thing and making sure that we're always open to adjust, um, you know, measure what we're doing, be honest with ourselves. Um, and that was, that was key. And it's good to have a good person next to you. You know, I know there's a lot of um, solo entrepreneurs out there crushing it. And I think that's great, um, but it's been a blessing to have a brother, friend, uh, and a business partner that we also complement our skills really well. So it's oh, been yeah. a blessing. Definitely. And I would also add to that, Kurt, is, is uh, walking into fearful situations. You know, that's, I think that's something that we developed in prison a lot, I, I would say, is, is that courage to, to face problems head on um, and to you know, to be willing to, to go into something that you don't really know much about and be willing to adapt, but also uh, having those hard conversations with clients, with your employees um, and doing things that, you know, you're just not really sure what the outcome is going to be, uh, but just walking into it courageously and knowing that you're going to get out um, with some type of lesson. Yeah. That's good. And, and just to, uh, give the audience a, a quick summary of like, I can, I know you guys are kind of in a transition stage potentially with your business, but just high level, what business did you guys start together that you've primarily been focused on? Well, here's the best part. How it started is not what we're doing anymore, but it's still in the same, you know, the same path of our vision. Our vision was to be able to, you know, be entrepreneurs at a high level, scalable level. So we knew we need to go online and we really wanted to help people. We wanted to serve others, uh, whether that meant, you know, helping other business owners grow their business so that they can impact people um, or employ people and give someone a, a sustainable lifestyle. Um, but that was the very first business we had. Julian started it before me. He pulled me in after as he was growing and, and he can start seeing that, hey, we can scale this. We need some sales guys, we can do this. And it was running Facebook ads, but it wasn't just for any business. It was for gyms. So it was brick and mortar. Um, and we obviously transitioned from that, but it's because we wanted to be in line with helping business owners that had a business that was helping people transform their lives in some positive way. So that's where it started at. And from there, um, 
it's been continually adapting and growing. And if we want, we can dive right into it right now. But that's, uh, that's basically where it started with gyms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting to me is some of your clientele have incredible stories and backgrounds. And I know that you either have, or in the past worked with um, a member of the mafia or a former member of organized crime, for example. And I'm just curious if you could talk to the extent it's not confidential, some of the clients that you've worked with and like what kind of stories they've had and how you've helped them out. Yeah, man, that's also, that brings us to our next point. We're running ads for a bunch of gyms all over the country. Um, it felt we were an agency. It felt like, uh, you know, especially if we're only doing one aspect of it, we can't help them with sales and, and retention because that's on them. So they look at us like we're either not doing enough. We're not delivering enough. We're almost working for these people for a small ticket value. You know what I mean? So it, uh, our, our first breakthrough was uh, a, another friend that was in prison. Um, he did about 10 years in prison, um, doing the same business as me prior to prison, which was illegal. Um, and he was doing the same fitness stuff, but he was doing it online through social media and this and that. He had his uh, online courses. So it dawned on me. I said, hey, Julian, um, I know when we're, we're running traffic for these local gyms, you know, we can target a, a radius of, a, you know, an area. Um, but if we go online, you think it'd be something that we can scale? And that was our first conversation. Um, and that's where it all started. Uh, we partnered with a friend that was uh, one of my closest friends uh, growing up. We connected and stayed in connection during prison times. Uh, we all got out right at the same time. Um, he was making a couple grand a month. I'm um, just starting out his business. Um, Julian and I came in. Uh, we built a, a full infrastructure around it and then kind of walked with him through a lot of stuff. And I think we were able to grow that company pretty fast to a couple hundred grand a month um, fairly quick. And since then, it's been about you know, two years working with him, two and a half years, and we're still crushing, you know, um, close to half a million dollars a month. Uh, but that's where it started. And then we uh, started transitioning from there and implementing that same business model with other people. But well, it, typically, yeah, I was gonna say, typically our friends is who we partnered with. And most of our friends were the knuckleheads that we used to, you know, do all the dirt with in the past. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's where it started. Yeah, no, and it's funny you say that about the ads too, because in my past, like I was mostly coaching, always have and always will. But then some people, I was running ads and people said, oh, can you do that for me? And so we selectively took on a couple of people. And it's just, it's not, I don't like that business because of all the manual work behind the scenes and because you can send them the good traffic, but they're either not closing or not retaining or not fulfilling or whatever. And then it's like, they turn to you. Yeah, there's so many other aspects of the business that could go wrong. <laughs> you know, it's it's like we're sending you so many good, high quality leads, but if you have all these other leaks in the bucket, then it's filling up a leaky bucket that's just going to drain out. So, yeah, and even if they don't blame you, they'll still uh, they can't thrive and scale with you if they don't have that infrastructure in place. Yeah, yeah. So we we decided to to really switch that model. Um, and the client that that uh, that that Kurt just mentioned, uh, he actually ended up going viral. So it, everything just just started to work out in in our favor in that, and we we're able to go so much deeper than that wide kind of agency approach, where it just let's churn and burn as many clients as possible and continue to to just enroll more and more clients. Like that's that's not fulfilling to me. I like to go deep and have you know an inch an inch wide and a mile and a mile deep in order to really have true impact with the business uh, that we're working with. Um, 
But lo and behold, we actually do have the, one of the, the gym clients that's still uh, a client to this, like my very first client is still a client today because uh, we did actually go deep with him. So um, yeah, it's just, it's crazy how life just really takes a turn. Well, and I think this is a good business principle too, for people to know is when you fulfill and deliver the value and have a good customer relationship, it makes your sales and marketing easier. You don't have to worry about constantly creating new clients. If you have strong retention, that's something that we do in our coaching business is we're always looking to add more value and take people up the ladder. And it's like, okay, in these six months, we're going to hit these goals. And then five months in, we map out their next goals and strategy. And then you build that long-term value. And, and then it's just not as much sales that needs to happen for you to maintain and grow your revenue. Cause those people will send you referrals. And it's like, you know, I think a lot of times when people are so obsessed, like the only problem in my business is leads. It's like, you know, maybe, but probably not. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. 100%. Cool. So, um, you know, some people listening might not be uh, full on entrepreneurs yet, but they are interested in either coaching, consulting agency, something of that nature, entrepreneurship. What would you guys say are the biggest benefits to being your own bosses and being business owners that you may not get, or you can't get working a day job? Um, I would say flexibility one and the, the ability to, to create something for yourself. I, I think that that's, that's a huge benefit. Um, instead of building somebody else's dream, you can really create your own destiny and, and be able to whatever vision you come up with as crazy as it can be. If you really truly believe in that thing, you can see it through. Um, I think that that's just a very special uh, thing that we have in our country and and uh, the ability to just be able to make it on your own it's it's completely special to me yeah I would agree with that completely yeah I <laughs> I remember back to my old days of my day job and I'm just like oh yeah here Brendan spend four hours on this excel spreadsheet and that was the last yeah. spreadsheet I ever built for anyone else <laughs> <laughs> you know I'll tell you the same thing when when I first came home um, I went to a place, fortunately I had good relationships and a part of my ego wanted to, you know, make sure that I still was fitting in, doing good, not just starting from, you know, working at, you know, the, the lowest you can start at, which I'm, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, but I got into the exotic car business. So naturally it looks like, oh, he's still doing really well. He's driving around Ferraris and Lamborghinis and stuff like that. Little did they know I'm bringing in you know, small potatoes over here. There wasn't much growth for me in that. Um, but I knew I was in a safe place. Safe doesn't bring me excitement and purpose, but I knew I was in a safe place for where I was at, um, you know, especially dealing with, you know, parole and stuff like that. Um, but I knew that there was something out there that was better. And I knew that for me to, to accomplish the goals I want to accomplish and be in the place that I want to be in, I knew I was going to have to step outside of the box and not lean on another person or another person's business. Um, utilizing other people is one thing, but like leaning on it, like, hey, this is my job. I'm, I'm, I'm just a worker. Um, I knew that I needed to take uh, take the reins, you know, on my own. Um, and that's when uh, Julian and I reconnected. And uh, we knew that this we have a model that we can, if we can bring in leads and we can close them, we can grow this business and scale it, you know? Yeah. What were you not saying? Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, and I would also say with entrepreneurship, talk about self-development and trying to become the best version of yourself. Like that's really what entrepreneurship is all about. 
you're continuing to level up and, and improve on who you are to become the person you need to be at a, at a whole new level. And like, I feel like entrepreneurship and, and self-development just go hand in hand. So if you're a self-development junkie and you just love to just become the, the highest version of yourself, like entrepreneurship, I, I feel like is fully aligned with those type of people. Yeah. One of my mentors always says marriage is the greatest crucible for personal development. And I say, and ha being a business owner is the second greatest, you know, or maybe yeah. third after being a parent, if you want to separate that. But the right. point is like when you are a business owner and you're not content, you want to grow, you want to impact, you want to scale, you want to improve. It, it, it brings out every dark shadow in you, your pain, Absolutely. your anger, your fear, your self doubt, your whatever it is. And so that's, I think the best part is once you get over that hump where you can make enough to live off of it and you're not out of that like fear mindset yeah. is the scale. And then you, maybe you scale to a point where like the money, okay, yeah, I can buy nice things. But then beyond that, once um, money coming in outpaces consumption, which I think happens, like once you make 50 K a month on with good margins or hundred K a month, you're like, okay, are you really spending a hundred K a month cash? If you are, enjoy it. But maybe if it's like four months in a row, spending a hundred K month is like, all right, you know, start to save it up or start to say like, okay, is the 200 K the million a month, those entrepreneurs, why are they doing it impact? And then the personal development and the leadership of managing people along the way. hundred percent. You know, that kind of actually reminded me of a quote that, um, or it was, it was really just like a concept that a mentor said, and he's, uh, he said that, the business owners that have small goals and they only want to make 20K a month, say just throwing out a random number, um, are selfish. And when I heard that for the first time, I, it, it was a shocking statement, but he, he continued to, to go into it. And he said that, you know, those people are only thinking about themselves. And this is, is related to people that, that have a job too. You're only thinking for yourself. But if you have this grand vision of creating this multi-million dollar company, um, you know, that scales past the millions and you have a whole bunch of employees, that's way bigger than yourself. Not only are you impacting the customers, but you're also impacting the lives of the people that are helping you build this vision. And that really touched me in a, in a different way. And I just thought that that was really interesting. Yeah. I, yeah, no, I like that. It's, uh, and also a lot of these people who have been able to be successful and scale and grow, it's because they're thinking about other people and how they can serve others, not how can I personally benefit myself? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah, that's another reason why wherever we start and we do this, not only with ourselves, but we actually do a lot of coaching for, uh, for in our community and as well with other people and consult them and stuff. But the very first thing we discuss and talk about is your, is your roadmap, like your vision, like what is your purpose? What is, what is it, what excites you? What keeps you up at night? You know what I mean? Like these are the things we want to nail down first, because without that very clear vision, something that you almost feel obligated, you have to do, you know what I mean? Something that you're like, Hey, I just, I have a passion to help this problem or come up with a solution in this area or this industry or for these types of people. Um, that is what allows you to drive and think bigger. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we always do with everybody. We let them know like, Hey, let's talk about your vision and your purpose first. Not just like what you want to do to possibly have a side hustle. Don't get me wrong. I think side hustles are cool and they're great too. But for those that really want to make an impact and really want to feel, be fulfilled during the process is really think deep. Like what is the things that you really, that you feel compassionate about, that you feel obligated to solve um, or to get involved with? I mean, that's, uh, 
that's kind of where we set our, our standards on where we're going to, where we start and, and how we can consult and help other people too. And, and Curry, how do you guys stay focused on your own vision? Because I think it's an exercise that if you're helping other people, you're always looking at your own vision, but then sometimes work continues to stack and then you just keep fulfilling whatever's coming yeah. your way. Like, how do you continue to reassess that you guys are on the right path for you? That is a great question. And that that's where I would say our biggest challenge was in the last six months or so. Uh, is that we got so deep into other people's businesses um, that we end up just feel like we're working, working, working. However, the one benefit and blessing we had behind that is each one of our partners was in line with our vision as well, their, their company. So when we're learning these skills or building these assets, these are also shareable assets that we can utilize in the future. And we just needed to really zone in and understand what we're doing, where we're at, um, and it was some hard, it was some hard conversations, not only with clients, but our, our own internal team and with our Julian and I and ourselves. But it was it was a major blessing to be able to sit back and, and actually gauge where are we at? Is this making sense? Are we on the right path? Is this in line with our ultimate vision? Is this going to you know serve us in the future of creating these, you know, this these intellectual property or this different assets that we can use uh, for our vision in the future? Yeah. What do you feel like for you guys was the biggest thing that pulled you a little bit away from your personal vision? Like what got in the way of you staying fully aligned? And it's something that I've had to look at too for myself. I think um, project scope is probably the biggest thing. When you go into business with another person, sometimes if you aren't extremely clear on the communication, the expectations from the very beginning, the lines get blurred and it's a party can get upset because of there are no expectations and they're just like, Hey, can you do more and more and more and more and more? And if, if we have this, this clear vision on what, what it is that we want to deliver on and, and what we don't want to deliver on, but we're not effectively, you know, or efficiently communicating that uh, to the client, then that line continues to get more and more blurred and stretched out. Um, so it was just, it, it took us time. And that's that six month period that Kurt was referring to. Um, it took us time to kind of reel a lot of these things back in and start saying no to a lot of, uh, a lot of the things that we once were doing and, and really saying, asking ourselves, uh, and being brutally honest, is this aligned with the vision that we're trying to create for ourselves? Because if we don't, we're going to continue down this path for years, however long it's going to take and still putting our vision to the side while we're building up somebody else's empire um, and that's something that we, we had to really just be brutally honest with ourselves. Yeah. Talk more about that. Cause I know we connected offline a little bit about that. And that's again, why I think not only being, having your own business is a crucible for personal development, but the reassessing of your true vision and staying truthful on that forces you to grow. So how did you guys grow into the realization that like, yeah, this is great to help other people, but now maybe we need to grow our own, but like, we need to be on the podium saying about, okay, I was in prison. This is the type of messaging that, you know, we need to be the face now, you know, like what type of growth did you guys experience to notice that? Um, I would say just the results that we were seeing coming in with the clients and it was, uh, it definitely helped boost our confidence um, and just helped us realize that you know, we, we help them from the ground and they're not really that much different from us. They're just on the front end of it. So we're helping people directly, but there's only, there's still limitations within that. 
Like we can only grow as fast as they want to grow uh, because at the end of the day, this is still their business. So that was a hard realization that was like, ah, man, we need to start creating assets as our own, not only like an insurance policy, but really just for ourselves. Because if, if we have a block on this, this vision that we're trying to include other people in, then it's not really our vision. It's, 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 we're trying to put our vision on somebody else, but it, it needs to be our vision where there are no blocks. And we're the only ones that determine how far, how fast, and how deep this vision can go. And what do you guys think is the biggest thing that prevents people from stepping into the limelight for themselves and being more of a, okay, you know, I'll support other people. What they have to say is really important and matters. And even though on some level they know they need to step into that too, what do you think holds them back? I would say fear of maybe being judged, um, fear of, you know, that, that's probably the biggest one, fear of being judged or just an insecurity of, I'd say the biggest one for me that I challenged with was um, imposter syndrome, um, feeling that I wasn't really truly worthy of the expertise or the, the, the advice that I'm trying to give to the audience. Um, and that was something that I battled with for a long time, but I still continue to battle with it on a smaller degree, I would say. Um, and it just, it's this constant reminder that, you know what I we've done now it's just like, Hey, look at what we've done. Like, come on, are you, are you crazy? So it, it's just that type of thing that it took the experience of, of me just getting out there constantly and, and trying so many different things and then lifting myself up with, with, uh, with the success of those experiences. Um, but I would say for anybody that, that is, um, you know, kind of having a hard time putting themselves out there. I would say those are the biggest things is this, the imposter syndrome and, and just the fear of being judged by others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember the first time, uh, one of my friends wanted me to actually make video or even a picture of myself on social media. Cause I was just writing straight up articles on my website back in 2016. And I remember getting all red in the face and angry and overwhelmed. I was like, I know this woman, she makes a hundred thousand dollars a month with her blog posts and affiliate links. And I know this person, I found like the only six people on the internet who you couldn't find a picture of them. And I was like, this one doesn't, this one doesn't, this one doesn't. Uh, Looking yeah, for I mean, ways that justify your limitations, right? Yeah. I mean, I guess I don't, I never even really thought it through. I mean, of course it was fear, but you know, what was it the fear? So for you, Kurt, what, what have you grown through or, or noticed there? I think that has a lot to do with it. Fear insecurity is, is it going to, am I going to come off? Is the message going to resonate? Are people going to, you know, actually take this in and enjoy it? Because social media is a, it's a scary place, man. If you, if you come off wrong, they're going to eat you alive over there. But, um, you know, a lot of it had to do with, um, kind of the, the false beliefs or the perceptions that I developed earlier in my life, because I was going down an illegal path, which meant no, no phones, no pictures, no text messages. I'm not advertising nothing. I'm in the dark. Don't even, I don't want to know anybody. Uh, so now I'm like, I kind of developed that into, uh, this is kind of who I am still. And I'm like, I'm the type of guy that's like, I could be totally cool with being successful and nobody knows about me, but here's the problem. If I love to impact others and coach others, then I need to step out uh, and I need to make that change. So what I did was we created all these little communities where it's not social media, and then we come in there and we speak, we do coaching calls, we, we connect with them. We, you know, I, I, I don't even mind getting on a stage and speaking in front of people. I'm, it's like fun and easy for me, but it's like the one thing I don't like to do is just put my 
too much out there because it's kind of like Julian said, there's so much, there's so much, uh, false realities on those platforms. Um, even some of the guys or women that, or families that look like they're all doing perfect. Um, and maybe they're really not. And I think that's something that I've always held. Uh, that's kind of held me back. I don't think that's a good thing. I think I should just step into it regardless. Um, but that was one of the things that, that held me back was one, you know, developing that, that old way of living from former lifestyle uh, to now, just like Julian said, justifying my limitations with, well, that's, you know, that's the reason why I don't do it. Things like that. Yeah, uh, that's good. So when, as you guys continue to step out even more and really share your stories and what you've grown through, what do you feel like are the big messages you you want to share? Who do you want to speak to? Is it children? Is it adults? Both? Like what, what are the messages that you're going to be conveying? I would say a message of hope, a message of uh, potential, reaching your highest potential. Um, and at the end of the day, I think one of the biggest things that, that we can do as human beings is to serve others. And um, what, a, what a benefit to be able to help people that have struggled, have been through situations like Julian and I have. Um, one thing we, we left out was almost all of our partners, our clients, our partners now um, are ex-convicts. So it's people that have really you know, made some decisions in life and had to eat some, you know what, for a long time. Um, and they've struggled through adversities and they've overcome different things. And even, even, uh, people, you know, being labeled as, Hey, you're, you're an ex-con or this and that. Um, there's so many people coming out of those bad places or, before, you know, pre about to go into some bad places. We want to make sure we connect with those people first before they even, you know, walk down the wrong road. But those are the people we really want to inspire is those, those people that, that need another chance at life because I don't care who you are. You could be successful in so many areas. We can always use a fresh start and another chance. And like I said, um, for those people that are coming out of a, a hard time and have no direction, those are our people. We want to, we want to lift them up. We want to inspire them through the things we've been able to do, but we also want to give them skill sets that they can actually take and go out into the marketplace and utilize. That's good. Um, that's so good. So, uh, what would you guys, where can people find you if they want to learn more about what you guys are doing and what you're up to? Nowhere. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come on, man. What about all that about putting yourself out there? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's what I was in the past. We're always like, no, nowhere. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But no, yeah, go ahead, Julian. Um, I'd say the biggest thing right now, like Kurt was just, uh, alluding to is that we, we, uh, are doing coaching calls inside of our main community, which is with our business partner, Michael Francis, the former mobster that we didn't really talk about. Um, but that's where we're doing most of our coaching calls at this time. But we are in the process of launching our own very specific uh, coaching program. Um, but that's probably the biggest thing that we can connect with, which is uh, grow.michaelfrancis.com. And that's uh, a free community where we're just doing coaching and, and uh, connecting with people on a deeper level. Um, other than that, yeah, we don't really do the social media thing right now. We do ads, but not social media too much. Um, and yeah, it's, it is kind of a habit that we're, it's a weird habit that we're trying to break. <laughs> like Everybody's on social media, but it's just, yeah, we, I've never been on what, and I think Instagram was just came out when we we're still locked in. So that was, yeah, uh, I, it's funny. Cause I was off of all social media for, except LinkedIn for all, all of 2020, pretty much. Uh, March oh, wow. 2020 for a full year until March 2021. And so I'm a huge fan of staying off that, those platforms. And I pretty much just have my team run it at this point. Um, nice. 
but yeah, I know, I know we didn't really talk about Michael at all. One of your clients. So, uh, how did you connect with him? Uh, great question, man. Um, like I said, fortunately for us, um, our, our first guy was an ex-con. Um, we, we created a, a YouTube channel, went viral, you know, a couple hundred thousand subscribers over a short period, um, turned that message and his audience into, you know, profit, profitable business through his uh, online coaching. Um, so we thought we, we, we had it all figured out. We can take anybody on, you know, and we did. We took several different, um, you know, fitness entrepreneurs and truly leveled their business up to six figures as well. Um, and then we're like, let's branch out. And let's go into some other industries as well. So I had a friend, Julian and I have a mutual friend um, who's been watching us do this and then said, hey, I got a guy, you know, Michael, um, that basically has his no online presence. He's a, he speaks uh, at, you know, for the for NFL and NCAA and uh, for sports, for churches, um, for big conferences and stuff like that. And um, he went on YouTube on a couple other people's channels, getting, you know, tens of millions of views on it. So we, we connected with him um, and just basically said, hey, look, he's getting old, older. Um, he's still full of energy and a great dude, but um, he was approaching 70 years old and he's traveling the world speaking and relying on that as an income. And I said, hey, what if we uh, allowed you to um, work out of your home, work uh, at a studio, work, uh, not have to travel so much and we can develop an online presence. Um, so that's how we connected with him through a mutual friend. Um, we started with him and same thing. We, we kind of took over that, uh, Went straight into YouTube with him as well. Um, I think we went to almost 800,000 subscribers pretty quick. Um, and that's kind of how it started. And, and Michael's an amazing guy. He's, a, he's, he's smart. People want to be around him. He was, he was known as the second highest money earner after Al Capone. Um, I think Fortune Magazine uh, named him uh, 18th, number 18. Number 18, the richest, most powerful mafia bosses in the world. So do you do you guys ever? Th I mean, this is like a very juvenile question, but and I'm sure he's completely rehabilitated. But like a guy who has either allegedly maybe been involved or conspiracies to things like murder, like does that ever scare you at all or no? Come on, man. You know where we came from. <laughs> <laughs> I, and on paper, it doesn't look too good. Like, oh, two felons that got out partnered together, and now they're working with another felon and an ex-mob guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, obviously, you guys are all legit, but it's like, I mean, I, I guess the, the thing is, and this is more like a crime psychology question, but for example, like people who know New Manson, and, you know, the serial murderer, like apparently he became Christian in jail, and like everyone vouches that he's totally safe, but like, you know, is someone like, going to sit alone in a room with them, you know? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you this, man. And, and I'm grateful. And I'm, I'm sure you guys are pretty, pretty uh, on point with this too, is, is being a good judge of character, um, yeah. especially coming from our background. I, and, and even yeah. Brendan, I know some things about, um, you know, our, our past stories too, like we weren't perfect, you know, we struggled with different things, you know, whether it was, you know, self, you know, issues or, or addictions or, or violent or anger stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like I get it. Um, but you can truly see somebody when you're sitting down with them. Um, I mean, I know when I sat inside in prison and jail, I looking at somebody, look in their eyes and have a conversation with you and I, them. I'm like, yeah, this is good. This is not the guy to mess with, dude. Yeah. This is not the guy to mess with. But then there's a lot of people that, you know, that truly do have a good heart. Maybe they were, they made a, an oath or a, a commitment to something that wasn't, wasn't right. wasn't going to serve them. And they're probably their biggest problem is getting out of it because it wasn't in line with who they were. Cause that's how it was with me too. I'm out there on the yard calling shots for things. Uh, and I'm like, I don't want to do this, man. I don't want to do this, but it's kind of necessary right now. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. And guys, it's, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Looking forward to being in touch. And thanks again for coming on the show. Dude, Brennan, we appreciate pleasure. you, man. Anytime, yeah, brother. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.